Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Bless the Lord, saints. What a blessing. The band, God bless you all. You all are ministering this morning. Our God is awesome. Hallelujah to the name of our God. Join me in prayer this morning as we go before the throne of grace. Come on, let's pray together. God, we love you. We thank you for this opportunity to share in your word. We hold on to you, praising you and knowing who you are. Speak to me, but also speak through me. And let the words of my mouth and the very meditation of my heart be accepted in your sight. O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Amen. Let's take a word this morning from the scripture read in your hearing in Romans chapter 12. That scripture reads this way, verses 1 and 2. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. I want to talk for the next few moments from this theme, Time for a Reset. And this is part two, Time for a Reset. I've been thinking about this quite a bit because one of the things that I have come to realize is that life is a series of happenings. Things happen around you, things happen to you, some things happen for you. And since life is a series of things that take place, one of our greatest issues in life is to understand that it's not what happens, it's really how you react or respond to what happens. When your mind is not renewed, you respond the way the rest of the world responds. Your responses are bifurcated, they're binary, they are either all or nothing. And a lot of times when something happens that is negative, you think everything is negative. So it's no one thing, it's everything. The world is horrible because one piece of, of the world is horrible. I have one problem now, all of my problems are worse. The truth is, it's not the thing that took place, it's your response to it. And so if my response is my own, which it appears that the apostle is suggesting here by suggesting that I must renew my mind, therefore what he's suggesting is I have a responsibility in how I process my existence in this world as a believer. I have a responsibility. You know, um, I can decide that when something negative happens that it's the worst thing in the world or I can decide it's part of the vicissitudes of life and I will endure it and deal with it and make the best of it. I can decide that a mistake is gonna be final for me and that's the way my life is gonna be, just a life full of mistakes. Or I can decide I will rise above that mistake and do better. It's really how I react to it. You know, it's, it's how you react to the mess and not the mess itself. Many of you years ago saw that wonderful uh, commercial where the child was reaching for the pie and the pie fell and the pie breaks apart and the parent is right there. Now here's a golden moment here. I can get mad that the pie fell. 
I can get upset that this is a disaster. Instead, the parent takes and grabs two spoons and sits on the floor and eats pie with the child. Well, the truth is that's going to be a golden moment they remember for the rest of their lives. Now, it's all how you decide to respond to life. And some of us are experiencing things right now that are forcing us to figure out what kind of response we're going to give, whether it's the outcome of the election and your side won or the outcome of the election and your side lost. Those responses will say a lot about who we are at our core, what our character looks like, what our inside looks like. You know, some of us are being challenged right now, physically challenged. This pandemic has caused us healthcare issues. How you respond will say a lot about who you are. How you deal with your <clears throat> time of quarantine or you deal with wearing a mask. Whether you politicize wearing a mask or you accept the fact that it is for my good and for the good of my neighbors and my friends and those whom I love. It's all in how you process and react. And I've come to the opinion and I think I'm right, that the believer needs to wake up and realize it's time for a reset. Right now, in the middle of the pandemic, hit the reset button. Let's do this together. Listen to me. Renewing the mind or the soul must be the preoccupation of the soul or the soul will function out of what has been and is being exposed to. I've got to realize this. I've got to understand it. Because I can easily allow what I am being exposed to to dominate my thinking. That the only thing I think about is what I'm going through. And that's not too good right there. I've got to realize that I am more than what I'm dealing with. Some time ago in Bible study, I offered up this illustration, which I offer up to you once again to remind you of this, that I am body, soul, and spirit. And the illustration that it, that, that it shows on the screen in just a moment shows you that the body is forced to deal with its senses. Yeah, my body gets things in through my hearing, through my taste, my smell, my sight. And all that goes into my mind and my, my soul. You know, my mind is made up of my emotions, my will, my intellect, and my consciousness. And then there's that part of me that is spirit, the divine presence of God. And what I've got to realize is that my spirit, and that's the arrow going towards the soul, my spirit is trying to inform my soul. My senses or my body is trying to inform my soul. And my soul is now framing this into what kind of response I'm going to have, whether my emotions are going to take over, fight or fight or freeze, or my will is going to override my emotions. I'm going to do what I think I'm supposed to do, or I'm going to intellectually rationalize it. Somewhere in my consciousness, I have a decision to make. And it's coming from the things I got in my body, the things I've got from the spirit of God. That's important. I need to recognize that every now and then I have to reset myself 
so that I am more attuned to what the spirit is saying than I am to what the flesh is saying. That's the world, that's the body, that's the physical presence in the earth realm. I need to attune my mind so that the spirit gets preeminence and that the things outside of it, while they have an effect on me, they don't run me. I'm not overwhelmed by them. Sure, stuff happens. I've been dealing with a lot this week. All of you have. My family's been dealing with a lot this week. I'm here preaching. But you know why? Because my spirit gets to inform my soul as to how we're going to respond in the middle of a crisis. That I'm not going to allow just that which has come through my senses, what I see, what I hear, what I taste, what I smell, or even the lack of them for those of you who have suffered from the coronavirus, the lack of taste, the lack of smell. I'm not going to let that dominate my mind. My mind will be informed by my spirit. As I talk to my uh, quiet mind for troubled times uh, meditation group, I tell them, you've got to learn how in the midst of getting all the information of life to pause so that the spirit of God can get a chance to speak. Let God have a word. Well, let's see what we can do. I've got three things needed for transformational reset. Three things needed for what I'm calling transformational reset. These are important here. These are important. So we're going to hit the reset button. We're going to, we're going to get to that place where we're going to get this in our spirit. You need to understand that if you will practice these three things, they're going to help you to reset. Now, here's something I need to tell you about this reset thing. This is not a one-time act. I know the apostle says, be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Notice the participle there. This is a continuing thing. Some of you think that just because you got saved, oh, hallelujah, I'm there. No, you mature in faith. You grow in God. And you must mature in your resetting. Okay, let's do this. Number one, number one, reset conformity to the present culture. And the word behind that is hubris. Hubris. Some people call it arrogance. Some people call it pride. Yeah, hubris suggests that because of my ego, I will do what I think I ought to do, and I want to be like everybody else. I measure myself by what other people are doing or not doing, what other people have or not have. I have allowed people to validate my joy. You know, what's really funny to me is we are so culturally uh, connected and to the influencers on Instagram and to the influencers on YouTube and the influencers, maybe even on Facebook, we are so culturally influenced that we could go out, buy a dress, buy a shirt, buy a suit that we really love, that we've looked in the mirror, fits our body shape, fix what we like to fit, has the right length that we want to have, and some influencer will tell us, that's ugly, and now all of a sudden, it's no longer any good. Because we have subconsciously become conformist. We have subconsciously allowed what the world thinks to influence what we think. 
So we're no longer leaders, we're followers. So people get to determine who we are and what we are and how we ought to be. Now, I struggle with that for a number of reasons. The main reason I struggle with that is that I realize that we have not learned the power of nonconformity. Nonconformity. What I need to understand is that the scripture says, and be not conformed. <clears throat> That's nonconformity. That I need to recognize that I am not to allow myself to conform to this world, but to be transformed, that is to be changed, to be elevated, to be moved to a different level by the renewing of my mind. You know, the truth is that if you thought about it, sitting where you are right now, we're not in worship, we're not in our regular worship, but we are in worship, even through cyber worship, cyber sanctuary. But where you are right now, you're in a comfortable seat, you're in a nice place, you're in a decent place, whatever. You're listening to this word by some mechanism. It's not what we like. It's not what we're accustomed to. But if we think about it, if we allow ourselves, we can have as much worship where we are now as we could in the sanctuary if we allow God to bless us and we allow ourselves to process the worship as worship wherever I am. Because where I am, the Lord is. Well, let me see if I can work this out. You see, a part of this hubris thing is that my ego, which is like unto the world, takes control and I think about myself as a winner. I gotta do this. I gotta be in charge. I can't lose. I'm not trying to describe anybody, but if it describes someone, you know what I mean. You, you cannot surrender, no defeat, no. No. What you do is now is you learn that transformation surrenders control to God. Transformation surrenders control to God. And so the illustration that is on your screen right now will remind you that what I need to know is that the loudest or dominant voice will control my body. So if my temporal senses, those again, the five gates that we talked about, the, the senses of sight and smell, taste, hearing, those senses, if, what, if they are loudest, they're going to control my mind. If, the, if I, my transformed spirit is dominant, it gets to control my mind. My conscious mind is going to be controlled and dominated by the loudest voice. Well, what makes a voice loud or not loud? The one you listen to. The one you listen to. And sometimes we spend too much time listening to the wrong voice. We listen to the voice of fear. We listen to the voice of sadness. We listen to the voice of depression. We listen to the voice of, of melancholy. We listen to the voice of woe is me instead of hearing the voice of God, that you're the head and not the tail, above and not beneath, that you are more than a conqueror through Christ that loves you. That's the voice you want to hear. That's the one that lifts you up, that I'm healed. 
I'm delivered, I'm set free, that God is with me, that he promised that he would never leave me nor forsake me, but he'd be with me even until the end. Whichever voice I listen to, the transformed spirit or the temporal senses is going to control the conscious mind and therefore control the physical body. And my body is going to respond. So number one, I need to reset conformity to the present culture, hubris, let go of my ego, reset myself and say, look, what I'm going to do is I'm going to be on the Christ culture game. I'm going to see what God wants for my life. Number two, number two, this is important. Reset control to the presence of Christ. And that's humility. Reset control to the presence of Christ. And that is humility. Now, this is good right here. This is important. Let me help you here. You have to be humble enough to say, God, I surrender all. I'm going to give you control. I'm not going to try, you know, Lord, this world is too much for me. Uh, in, in the words uh, of Moni, uh, Lord, this too much. I need to let go and say, God, you're in control. I need to be humble enough. You know, I want to put, this, put a few things before you. Understand this. Transformation is harmony with God. Transformation is harmony with God. And those of you who have taken uh, minister, uh, I should say minister, Deaconess Latisse, uh Bethel class, you will, you will understand we move from disharmony to harmony. We had harmony in the garden, disharmony took place, and now through Jesus, we enter into a place of harmony. I need to be in harmony with God. And the only way I can be in harmony with God is that I learn that God is going to be God and I have to be a servant or a child of God and understand my role in the relationship. What do you mean, Reverend? It means that the will is surrendered to the will of God. The will is surrendered to the will of God. You know, it was the will that willfully took of the forbidden fruit. And that wonderful story there to remind us that it is free choice that decides. And it is the ability of free choice and will that I surrender to the divine and I say, God, not my will, but your will be done. That transformation right there. Because I'm letting go and I'm accepting God. I'm letting go, I'm accepting God. Um, let me tell you this. If you knew that what you were going through was allowed by God and that God was going to take care of you, then you'd relax. Uh, I'm, I was on a Disney ride with my daughter one time. And we, we still have the picture of this. This is my, my eldest daughter, Brittany. We went on a ride, one of those rock and roller coasters. And uh, this time we're on the ride and we take a picture on the ride. And when you look at the picture, here I am 
at the ride, at the peak of the ride, when it's really swooping up and down, my hands up in the air like this, and you don't see my daughter. She is on the side of me, but she's not visible. She could almost deny she was even there. That's how un invisible she was. Because she put her head down, she was holding on for dear life. Now, I'm gonna tell you why my hands were up. Not that I'm all that brave or all, you know, macho, I'm a man, hear me run. No, that, that had nothing to do with it. No machismo at all. You know what it was? I knew I was at Disney. And I know Disney is a multi-billion dollar company that if they allowed us to get on this ride, I promise you it's going to end safely. If something goes wrong, it's an anomaly. In other words, I trusted the Walt Disney Corporation that even though the ride was harrowing up and down and moving the nervous system around with the physical body, I trusted Disney that the end was going to be all right. So instead of fearing the ride, I had fun on the ride. Well, I want to put it like this. If I can trust Walt Disney, why can't I trust God? Instead of fearing the ride, fretting about the ride of life, enjoy the ride. Be in the moment with the ride. Oh, let me... I, I'll see if I can work this one more way. Watch this. Stay with me. Tell me. I feel like preaching this morning. You need to receive the mind of Christ. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. You need to get the mind of Christ. Hey, that, you know what that mind is? That mind says God is in control. And, and if the Lord said it, I believe it. That settles it. Everything's going to be all right. It's in his hands. Not my will, but your will be done. Look, get the mind of Christ. God, if, we, if you allow me to go through it, then we're going to go through it with our hands up. We're coming out with a praise report. We're not going to complain. We're not going to say, woe is me. Why is this happening to me? Did, I did everything right. Why not somebody else? Hey, stay with me. I'll come back, I'll come back to that point when I end this today. You know, Philippians chapter 2, verses 5 through 12, talk about the mind of Christ. Listen to what it says. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and given him a name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee must bow. Oh, glory of those in heaven and those under the earth. Verse 11 says, and every tongue confess. Well, listen, I need to realize if Jesus could be humble, putting on human flesh, Jesus could be humble, going to Calvary, Jesus could be humble, going through the grave, I need to be humble. I need to reset myself to the point where I say, God, you're in control, and I'm not going to argue with you. 
about what happens. I'm going to trust you. I'm going to pray for my desires, that my desires line up with your word and your will, but I'm going to let you be God today. I decide I'm going to sit this out. I'm going to let you be God. And I'm going to trust you that you know what's best for me. That may mean going through the valley. That may mean crying a few tears. But I know this much. Your old folk used to say it this way. If Jesus goes with me, I'll go anywhere. It's heaven to be wherever I be if he is there. And I want Jesus to be with me above everything. I need to recognize that God is with me. Number three, and I'm out of here for the day. This is going to bless somebody. Reset continuously by pleasing Christ. Reset continuously by pleasing Christ. And I have the word holiness there. Now, don't get caught up in the word holiness. Uh, yeah, do get caught up in the word holiness. I'm not talking about a denomination. Literally, holiness means believers must live a life that is set apart, reserved to give glory to God. I feel a hallelujah here. Literally, holiness means believers must live a life that is set apart. Put that on the screen. I got that right there. But get somebody need to get that up there. Believers must live a life reserved to give glory to God. Listen, you got to go ahead and know that if God allows you to go through it, he's going to get glory out of it. Woo! Preach what? Listen, if God allows you to go through it, he's going to get glory out of it. Come here, Jesus. If God allows you to go through Good Friday, he's going to bring an Easter Sunday morning. If God allows you to go through it, he's going to get glory out of it. And so what you want to do is reset continuously by pleasing God. Lord, I'm, going to, I'm set apart for your work, for your will. Listen, listen, listen. Holiness is a life of discipline, focus, and attention to, the, to matters of divine pursuit, purpose, and presence of God. Oh, I know I said a mouthful right there. You ought to get this down. Because, see, this is about being disciplined. This is about staying focused. This is about putting my attention on the things that God's mind is on. This is about me. Because I need you more, 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 more. I'm chasing after God. I, I want to reset my life continuously into pleasing God. Okay, I'm almost done. It's almost over. I need to become passionate about pleasing God over the self. Listen, you, it's transformational. It's ego killing. It's humbling to say you are more important than I am. And pleasing you is more important than pleasing me. Because when you're happy, I'm happy. When you're pleased, I'm pleased. When, you're, when you get what you need from me, I know I'm going to get what I need from you. So I want to please you, God, in every area of my life. We do that through the word, will, whisper, and way of God. We, we please God. We learn how to grow in God. 
through his word, through his will, through his whisper. That's the voice of God and the way of God. Oh, man. There's right there. I know you got that one. You need to have that on the screen somewhere. That you, you, listen, when we understand God's word and we get into God's will and accept God's will, we, get, we recognize that this is what God wants for us. Look, I got to get out of here, y'all. I'm almost done. This is almost over. But understand, we must reset daily. Reset daily. We must reset daily. Now, that means that every day, I need to reset myself every day. Not, not just sometime, reset every day. I, every day, I need to get myself in a place to go and face my day. You may be going back to work. And you may be upset and nervous because the people on your job have had the virus reset every day. You may be going out there and you may be in an at-risk job. You may be a frontline provider, a fireman, a police officer. You may be a nurse or a doctor and you may be a driver. You may be someone serving food on the front line or someone bagging bags for the grocery store. And you've been around a lot of people. You say, God, I'm nervous. You may be driving a bus or a taxi or an Uber or a Lyft. But I want to tell you something. That's why every night you got to reset yourself. So you go back out there saying, I've got a new day and I've got God walking with me. Listen, get this in your spirit here. As sleep resets the body and the mind to function optimally, so too does prayer, worship, and praise reset the spirit to serve God optimally. Woo, Nelly, you preaching in here today, Watts? Oh, I know, I, Lord have mercy. Listen, you need to go to sleep to reset your physical body, reset your mind. Well, you need to go in prayer. You need to start worshiping and praise God to reset your spirit so that every day, you did not, not just one day, you transforming every day. You're getting better every day. You're getting healed every day. The Holy Ghost working on you every day. You need to reset so that every morning when you get up, Brand new mercy. Preach what? That's what Lamentation says. Morning by morning, new mercy I see. God reset the mercy overnight. So when I got up the next morning, I woke up, woke up into new mercy. Woo! Listen, I'm, 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 I'm almost done. But you have been set apart for a higher purpose. Now reset yourself. Reset to serve as your best self. You've been set apart. That's what holiness means. It means set apart, set aside. You've been set apart for a higher purpose. Now reset daily so that you can serve God as your best self. Reset so you can get up and go and handle the day. Reset so you can go out and do what God told you to do and live God's way. Reset so you can let fear go and walk by faith and not by sight. Reset so you can re-energize yourself and say, for God I live and for God I die. Reset so you can walk around and tell the world, I am more than a conqueror through Christ that loves me. Reset so you can know that the Lord is on my side. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? You reset so your faith gets energized and you're ready to do the will of God. Time for a reset. Love you with the love of the Lord.